Thank you, Pastor Jeff. <clears throat> Thank you guys for the opportunity to come out and share with you uh, about what's going on in Lusaka um, and how you guys can be, be praying for us and for ACU and for the work that's going on there. Um, so as I, I know you guys are aware, we are in Lusaka, Zambia, but just in case you might have not taken geography lessons for a while, um, I wanted to show you a little bit about where Zambia is to make sure that we're all on the same page. Zambia is kind of in the center of Sub-Saharan Africa, um, and it's a landlocked country. Uh, to kind of give you a mental <coughs> reference, it's about the size of Texas geographically, uh, with about half the population of, of Texas. So there's a lot of open space. If you think of Texas, there's a lot of open space in Texas too, um, but there's even more in Zambia. But a lot of that is uh, very, it's a lot of government land, a lot of uh, uh, kind of land that's not really, there's a lot of swamp land up north, uh, and a lot of land that's maybe not usable uh, for population. But there's a lot of, uh, we're talking about the country and about the land and the people uh, throughout this presentation, and you guys can ask any specific questions you guys want that, like Pastor Jeff was saying earlier, I'll leave plenty of time at the end for interaction, thinking of questions that you guys want to ask. So please do be uh, thinking about that as we talk about Zambia. Um, I, I know you saw on the slide that it's African Christian University. You've heard us talking about that. You guys have been praying for us for a long time uh, in this regard. And, uh, we've been there since 2018, uh, but I wanted to show you, kind of give you an overview of what ACU is really all about to make sure that that's clear in your minds because a lot of times when I give these presentations and when I'm talking to Christians in America, what inevitably one of the first questions they have is like, so is this a Bible college or a seminary or what's going on here with ACU? So I just want to make it clear that this is neither a Bible college nor a seminary. What this is is a group of churches. We have um, two churches here, Emmettsdale up there and Evangel Baptist Church in, in Lusaka. Uh, and Lusaka Baptist Church and Kabwata Baptist Church, these are the four main churches these are the two large churches. They're about the size of Timberlake, um, about 400 members or so. At least that's what it was when we were here earlier. I think it might have grown since then. But they're large churches in Lusaka. Um, and all these churches got together about 10, 12 years ago and said, we want to start a university for our students, for our young people coming out of our churches. Instead of sending the best and brightest to America or to Europe or to China or to Russia to get training uh, and to be, uh, get their education, we want to keep them here. We want to disciple them um, and not just be sending them out to maybe never return again. So what they, what they did is they called a, a missionary who was in Mozambique at the time. And his background, he was an uh, organic chemist, a tenured professor of organic chemistry that left that to go to plant churches in Mozambique. But he always had a passion for academia. And so he came and helped them get everything started in the academic sense uh, for ACU. So what, they've, what we've been doing for the, la for the first uh, seven, eight years was getting everything organized, gathering the resources and the people. They started classes in 2017 with the first group of uh, five students. Um, and then we've been growing uh, slowly ever since. Um, and right now, we are still in the city here where we are in a residential area where we rent some houses. Um, and the facility is... Uh, converted houses into offices and uh, classroom settings and a lab and things like that. Um, but what we're actually going to be doing, I'll show some pictures later on, is moving east off the map here. 
uh, about 10, 15 miles uh, this way uh, to a more rural campus where we're going to be developing that over the next 10 years, Lord willing. Um, it's going to take some time uh, and resources, but we are excited about the opportunity to move the campus just outside of the city a little bit and have room to expand and to grow as the Lord provides. So that's kind of the background of, of what ACU is all about. Some of the people who uh, initially were behind it and have been a part of it might recognize some of these guys. Um, I know Conrad has been speaking at Heritage and at Liberty. Conrad and Bayway over here. He was the first chancellor of ACU, and he's the, he's the pastor of Kabwata Baptist Church, one of those churches that I was mentioning. Um, so that's Conrad Bayway, and then Bodhi Bauckham, you may have heard of him as well. He's the dean of the School of Divinity at ACU, um, and so he's been there since 2015, um, and his, he and his family, and they've been working on, he's been working primarily with the MDiv students, the Master of Divinity students um, who are part of ACU. Um, they just graduated their first class last year, um, five pastors uh, who, they graduated with their MDiv, but they've been pastoring for a while already. So what, what's been going on at ACU so far in that program is that people who have been pastoring wanted to get further education. And so they were brought into the program uh, and they just graduated and are heading back to their churches to continue pastoring. But beyond the MDiv program and in, in, in the School of Divinity we also have these four programs, agriculture, business, education, and theology. So these are the four that we wanted to start out with because these are some of the main uh, areas in Zambia that we wanted to address first, that the people who were uh, really starting out and thinking about long-term vision, like what are the main issues and things that we need in Zambia? A lot of the, the reason why we didn't go in the direction of like engineering or uh, law or medicine, um, that's the focus of most of the universities in Zambia is, is those areas because um, that's what a lot of people want uh, or a lot of people think they want when it comes to education because they can, they can get government jobs quickly with those. But what we wanted to do was address the underlying core issues in Zambia. So agriculture is an area that I'm involved with primarily and agriculture has, has tremendous potential for growth in Zambia because they have a lot of water, they have a lot of uh, arable land that's not being used currently, and uh, I think one of the most important things is the population in Zambia is expected to double by 2050. So there's going to be a greater, even more of a need for agricultural production, food, uh, there's going to be more people involved in agriculture. Um, so that's one of the main areas where we're focusing, and you'll see more pictures of that as we go. Business also, we want entrepreneurs, we want young people who are, uh, who are coming out with a solid business education, but who are ethical in their business practices and who are um, rejecting some of the cultural norms of uh, unethical <coughs> business practices in Zambia. So um, these areas are important, but also education, primary, secondary education. Uh, we're training teachers who then will be uh, educating the next generation of students that come through. These churches already had um, primary and secondary schools associated with them. There's two Christian schools there in Lusaka. Um, so this is the next sta stage for them in doing the, the tertiary education uh, for the students that are coming out of there even. If there's any like really pressing question that maybe I didn't make sense or something, please speak up um, and I'll address it as we, as we go through. So feel free to interrupt if you need to. Um, focusing on 
our family and, and specifically first my, my current role um, at ACU. When we first went there in 2018, a lot of what I was doing was curriculum development and helping um, work through what was actually needed for an agriculture program. Uh, we wanted to really be teaching all of the science courses, all of the agriculture course, courses, all the practical courses, with people who were overflowing with a Christian worldview, not just slapping on Bible verses on top of existing courses, but we wanted people who were not just showing up to, the, to lecture, but being there with the students, having the students in their homes. And, and that's really a lot of what our ministry is in Zambia, is living with the students. Um, so we have students over quite often. Um, we want to live our life, our family life, demonstrate our family life with the students um, to show them um, what family life could be like and humbling ourselves uh, to do that, but also realizing that we are not perfect in that as well. Um, so I was in, I've been involved in uh, teaching science courses, Christian worldview development courses with the faculty, um, developing the curriculum, uh, building a lab for re- teaching lab research uh, purposes and things like that. Uh, but primarily over the last year, what's happened is we've been adding more and more faculty, and we've realized there's a greater and greater need for somebody to step in and kind of mentor and disciple the faculty as well. So that's kind of where my role has been shifting in 2020, late 2021, 2022, is uh, shifting to really focusing in on, on uh, taking the initiative to work with the faculty themselves to make sure that we're not having any kind of theological drift in, in how the faculty are interacting with the students or inter- um, teaching or lecturing, <coughs> those, those kind of things, because we definitely don't want theological drift, because um, there's a lot of uh, outside influences and Cultural influences from the West, for sure. Um, but also, there's um, if we're not constantly being vigilant, a lot of these lecturers that, that are godly Christian men and women who are experienced in their areas, they've never experienced a thoroughly Christian worldview in their lecturing or in their teaching. They've never had it done, like, taught to them. They've never experienced it themselves, and so it's difficult for them to get out of the rut of teaching in the way that they normally would without thinking through all of their lecture materials in a Christian worldview way, like where they're really thinking through what it means to teach biology, for instance, in a Christian, from a Christian worldview. What are the, the topics and the, the issues that, are, that uh, students really need to understand? Um, and so that's kind of where my role has been shifting is in helping them, um, meeting with them one-on-one, uh, doing group faculty meetings uh, where we're really focusing in on how to do that well and and maintain that uh, theological direction that we need to at ACU. So for our family, uh, for Abby and the, and the girls, uh, a lot of what we do is uh, teaching, but hospitality, mentoring, and I was mentioning family life uh, with the students, a lot of what we do is just doing things, spending time with the students. Um, it's a very African thing to not worry about quality time as much as quantity of time. Uh, usually it's later than you'd expect like uh, African time is a real thing um, where, they, where you say one time and that doesn't actually mean anything uh, there's uh, several hour delay sometimes but they do love spending time together and that time spent I think is extremely valuable um, because the more time we spend with the students the more we're able to really 
intentionally share about our lives and intentionally share um, about like our testimonies and things like that. Um, so those are great opportunities for us to to just interact with students uh, over lengthy periods of time. And it's great that we have them there for at least four years um, because what we've seen is first year it's kind of kind of reserved. Uh, it takes a little bit to really get to know their backgrounds and where they come from. These students are coming, some of them are coming from very destitute backgrounds. Uh, I think four out of the ten that I, agriculture students that I've had have been orphaned. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of baggage that they suppress uh, for a long time. Uh, but we've had great opportunities to really connect with students um, and disciple them uh, in their educational journey, but also uh, as they're part of the church, the local churches there and being able to disciple them that way as well. Some of the students that we've had, uh, we have Constance on the left here. She's, uh, she's an orphan now. Her father passed away two years ago uh, from diabetes um, in his early 50s. Um, so in Zambia, the life expectancy is still about just over 60, I think. Here it's around 80, um, so there's quite a big difference. Um, but in Zambia also... Uh, Constance, for instance, um, she comes from a difficult background in, in her, in, with her family. She didn't start uh, school until she was nine years old. Um, she didn't have opportunity to go to school. Uh, so it was a struggle for her because she went to government schools until she was 18, came to ACU uh, when she was 18 or 19, I believe, and was still struggling a lot to, to, in the first couple of years. Um, and I, I spent time with her and with other faculty members discussing her situation. Like, I don't know if she's going to be able to do some of the upper-level course, coursework and things like that. But then uh, years two and three, is when, between years two and three, is when I usually see a tremendous shift and a tremendous growth in students. And it was no different for, for Constance. She uh, had difficulty like in, with written essays. But when she gave presentations and she got latched on something that was really important to her, uh, in her case, uh, she's been working on a research project with dehydrators for, uh, like, solar dehydrators for farmers and for people who have no access to electricity and things like that. She's been really passionate about that. She's been working on it. She loves presenting about that, and it's been great to see her kind of flourish in that in that understanding uh, all the, the science part of it, but really uh, develop her passion for what she would like to do with the rest of her life as well. But continue to pray for Constance. She's uh, in her fifth year at ACU. Um, but she's doing doing well, but we want to continue to pour into her. Abby's been mentoring and discipling her and, and spending a lot of time with, with Constance. Lumba over here is uh, one of our uh, students who is very gifted in, in music, and so she's been actually uh, teaching our girls piano and guitar, uh, so she comes over about once a week, she has been, and, and teaching our girls guitar, and she's got a, she's, her degree is in education, and so she's Actually graduated and is teaching now in one of the in a Christian university or a Christian school in Lusaka. Some of the guys that we have over um, in our home. Uh, this is uh, Ernest, Dennis, and Apollo over here. Um, these guys are a lot of fun to have. Uh, these are some of the agriculture students that we have, and we like to have dinner with them. But then they come in the kitchen and help me make dessert. This time we were doing funnel cakes in the kitchen, something they, we like to do things that they've never seen before or tried before. 
Um, and they had a good time with that. I think it was deep frying stuff that was fun for them. But uh, yeah, we have a good time laughing with them and playing games and just uh, doing life together with them. Um, so yeah, we, we have a great time with the students. Um, one of the areas that Abby really enjoys, what she enjoys doing, is sharing her hobbies with the, the students. And so uh, one of the things we did is use, helping, uh, using our girls, I guess you would say. Uh, Easy, our oldest, is 11 now, and she loves baking and crocheting and things like that. So we bring the students over and some friends and make a day of making bread and teaching them how to crochet. And just, again, the idea is spending time with them, uh, sharing our life with them. So we enjoy doing that with the, the students. Um, one of the things that we also uh, I'm excited about and, and I am so thankful for is this gentleman here, Wilson Tembo. Um, over here we have Abby's parents. They, they've come every year to visit and to they've really gotten to know a lot of the people at ACU. He's, uh, Raul, Abby's father, is really good friends with Wilson. And uh, they text all the time and stuff like that. But... Wilson is, has been a huge, valuable resource for me uh, coming over uh, to Zambia because he's lived there his whole life. He grew up as a child before Zambia became independent in 1964. So he knows the whole history of Zambia. He was there the whole time, and he's been able to explain things to me politically, even like di- the dynamics of the, the social structure and culture. Um, it's been, he's been an invaluable resource to me. Uh, he's a joy to spend time with, and his wife, Dorothy. Uh, be in prayer for them. Uh, Wilson has been the acting vice chancellor of our school, like basically the president of our school academically for the last year and a half, and it's taking a toll on him physically because there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. Um, and his wife, about a year and a half ago, Dorothy, she was diagnosed with cancer and has been struggling with um, the, all the treatments and things that have been uh, she's been going under, so... Please bring in prayer for the Tembo family. Tembo is actually an interesting name. Uh, it's kind of like Smith here. So if you don't know who, what a Zambian's last name is, you can just say Tembo, and it's likely that you'll, you'll get it right. One of the exciting things that, even since we've been back here in the States, that we found out is that uh, we had some... Uh, at, at the administration went out, or they took some faculty and students and went out into the community and just started talking about ACU with people in the, in the surrounding community. And we got a record number of people, to young people, to come sign up and, uh, and really join ACU for what we call the Scholars Program. The Scholars Program is not really joining the university. It's a one-year certificate program where they're evangelized, really. They're, they're, they're trained. They have math classes, English composition classes, and the students co- just coming out of high school um, take a whole year in what we call the grand narrative, creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. So the whole year of biblical theology, really. Um, and so we've got over 100 new students that have just are starting tomorrow, actually, uh, in, the, in, the, in that program. So we're really excited about that because uh, a lot of those students will then go on to other universities next year, but some of them may stay and, and join ACU as well. So we're excited about that opportunity for, for all these new faces. Because we've only had uh, 45, 50 students total since, since I've been there. Um, so this is a big jump, and there's a lot of hurdles to, to, to uh, jump over for that. So please be in prayer for all the faculty and, and the staff, administrative staff, that are responsible for helping these students uh, 
join ACU and all the details that need to be ironed out for that. I want to talk a little bit about um, the new campus. So where we were, the churches are all over here. The university is up in that corner right now, like where it's located. And then there's a road that goes out to a, kind of a rural area, farmland area, and that's where the new campus is going to be uh, being developed. So that's um, it, there's there's a lot of farmland out there, a lot of uh, small hills and things, um, and not much else. So there's no buildings on the land. Even this road right here uh, is really not developed well. Um, so there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get this campus uh, going. But one of the things that we're doing to start it off is to kind of shift our agricultural practices out there so that we can really be training students in the agriculture program and other programs. Because one of the things that we really focus on at ACU is work ethic. Um, so we want the students to develop a, a good uh, Christian work ethic uh, as they are doing their studies. So a lot of them are working uh, in maintenance on the, on the facilities that we do have, but also in places like this where we're growing different crops. One of the things that we want to do, this is in November, and then now I just got a picture this past week um, of some, these are tomato plants here, but we've also, we're also growing English cucumbers, high-value products that we're going to be selling um, to a local uh, businessman who is distributing them. Um, and so it's, it's a good opportunity for us to uh, easily do a lot of agricultural work, not at a large scale, but sustainably so that we can really train the students on how to do these things well um, in a God-honoring way. So these are some of the English cucumbers that are, being, that are growing uh, currently, and we've just harvested this past week for the first time. So really excited about that, and I'm excited to get back and see how things are going, going with all of that. Uh, I want to finish up here quickly so that I can answer any questions that you have. But some of the ways that you can be praying for us is our family specifically. Um, our family's uh, getting older. Uh, our girls are getting older, as, as I, I know you realize. Um, and there's new challenges with, with girls that are getting older and, and, and different. Uh, don't have to – it's not as much as, as – as, um, physically present, but more emotional kind of uh, discipline and presence and teaching and training and all of those things that go along with girls that are, with our children that are getting older. And so we do want to not, we, we do want to prioritize that in our family. So we, we pray that uh, you guys would help us uh, in praying for that and, and for our marriage as well, uh, Abby and mine, that we would be uh, willingly sacrificing for one another uh, as we uh, do this work in Zambia. I mentioned those 100 students. There's going to be a lot of more opportunities this year for student outreach. pray that we would get to know these students well and be able to um, pour into their lives uh, in, a, in a meaningful way. Um, there's a tremendous amount. Of, I haven't focused on this today, but there's a tremendous amount of physical need in the community. Um, there's uh, still like 70% of Zambians live in well, below the poverty line, um, so they really have nothing. Um, from our perspective, um, knowing how to, we pray that you'd um, know how to help them well, um, that we'd be able to serve them uh, and uh, be generous with what we have uh, to be able to provide uh, what God has given to us and to pass that on uh, in ways that are wise and meaningful for them as well. Okay, uh, 
I wanted to finish up with uh, this uh, picture here of some baby elephants that are just outside the, the city in an elephant orphanage. You guys are welcome to come and visit. Uh, we have a guest room, uh, and we, we love having guests for as long as you guys want to come and, and see some of the, the sites in, in, in Africa. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for, for seeing nature and experiencing that. Yeah, Mark. So, Ben, what, what's the government... How's that function with Christianity? Life yeah. We're not used to government corruption. So we're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest, you're not used to government corruption <laughs> in, in the way that uh, you experience it overseas, for sure. Uh, the blatant government corruption. Um, yeah, so the government is actually not hostile with Christianity at all. The, the Constitution of Zambia uh, talks about Zambia being a Christian nation. So they have been open to Christianity at some level, uh, some version of Christianity for, since their inception in 1964. Um, but it, there are a lot of secular and social... Uh, it's an African nation, so the, there, there's a lot of uh, social pressure, um, hierarchical structures that are innate to like, the African mindset and worldview. Um, so there's a lot of pressure for, you're saying, like, the government or those in power to really retain that power by, by whatever means they have. Thankfully in Zambia, it's not like a lot of other African nations where it becomes like a complete dictatorship. Um, they have checks and balances set up. But it's not like here where that's kind of the way we think about it. In Zambia, power is at any level. If you get power, you retain that power however you, need, however you can. So there's... Um, there's, I see that over and over again in, in places like even, even in, in uh, academic settings. In, at, when I go visit the secular university, they call it UNZA, University of Zambia. There's people in power there who just love to retain power. Uh, or they, they have their doctorate, so that automatically gives them kind of a step up over others and, and the power that they might have. So... When it comes to how ACU interacts with the government, um, that's one of the things that another thing that you guys can be praying for is we're working with what they the, it's a new organization that they've come up with called the Higher Education Authority, and that basically gives the government power to say yes or no to different programs, uh, different universities, different institutions. They have a lot of power in, in determining that. ACU was started started offering classes in 2016. The HEA wasn't formed until 2017. So they're just trying to figure out how they're, how they're functioning as an organization, as the government telling uh, different universities what to do. Uh, the thing that we've found is they basically want all the universities to look like the state university. So when we're trying to develop an agriculture program that is from a Christian worldview perspective, the first thing they come back to us with is, UNSA doesn't have all these theology courses. Why, do you, why are you guys teaching theology in an agriculture program? Why are you guys having Christian worldview classes in this? Like you're wasting the students' time, basically, is what it comes down to with that. So that's one of the things we try to explain over and over again. And they're not antagonistic to Christianity at all. They just There's a separation between their Christian life and what should be in a university kind of thing. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes? Are there a lot of 
other surrounding universities that teach the same type of things, aside from the theology part? You guys have a lot of competition, so to speak. Um, I would say, well, we're a very small university, and we're just starting out, so no, there's not a lot. Like, we're not a threat to or competition with other universities, really. Um, but there's not a lot of, uh, like most of the other universities that are in town have been established for a long time. They're state-run, that kind of thing. A lot of the, there's a lot of private small universities um, that are, in the government's eyes and in most people's eyes, are basically scams. They're trying to just get a bunch of students. They don't write any curriculum. They hire people to just like write basic curriculum, collect money, and not really do anything for the students. Um, a lot of like online kind of things, like they'll promise their degree and certificates and all that, but they're kind of like a scam. So what we're trying to do is establish a solid reputation with the students who have gone through the programs um, so that then through word of mouth and through outreach opportunities like we've been doing we want to kind of build that foundation of being kind of university where students would want to go to yeah but primarily that is coming through those churches that i mentioned in the beginning yes that scholar program that you mentioned you charge the students for that yes um so the university itself the uh degree program that's separate it's, it's about $2,000 per student per year for tuition, room, and board. Um, it's just just around, just over $2,000, I think, for that. The scholars program is, I think, uh, $1,200. So it's, it's less, but it's, um, they, we do charge for it because we do want the students to be invested in it and not just be given um, their education, which is what a lot of them may be looking for um, instead of really working. They want to just be given the paper, um, so... We do uh, charge for that. How does uh, funding work for the students who say a lot, seventy percent below that poverty line? Yeah. Do y'all get scholarships or grants? Or yeah. So, acuusa.com. So, acu-usa is a uh, like a five hundred one c three nonprofit in the states that's set up. But that's not. That's really just a way for us to spread the word here in the West. Uh, to for people to come and talk at conferences, like Conrad and Bodie talking at conferences and things like that. And so they're just like a fundraising arm. All the oversight and everything is from the Zambian churches. So there's no American oversight over ACU. But um, ACU USA is where we are trying to like generate those scholarships uh, for students uh, based on need and merit. Um, yeah, so we, we try and help them. Conrad Bayway and Brody Bakken. Yeah. A big, big figurehead for that program. Yeah, and Conrad's the head of like um, that side of things, like trying to spread the word about ACU and, and the need for scholarships and things like that. Yeah, and we're actually going to be shifting. If you, if you go to the website now, um, hopefully by in a few months, I've, I've heard talk of uh, we're going to be shifting the kind of strategy to be more like uh, setting up profiles of students so that if, if you're interested in, in supporting or sponsoring a student, you would get to know that student specifically who you're sponsoring for the year or for the whole uh, time or whatever. So they're going to be shifting the website to be more accessible for that kind of thing. Because right now it's kind of set up where there's the scholarship pool of money that then we are interviewing and working with the students and deciding where that money goes and how it's spread out. But I think we're going to be shifting to a new, that new format of specifically, this is your student kind of thing. 
that you can support, yeah. Yes? What have been some of the challenges that you guys have come up against in regards to like cultural differences in ministering and evangelizing and yeah. teaching a Christian world? Yeah, so one of the things that I think is the biggest issue is that there's a real social dynamic, like a social divide between those that are like 35 to 40 and those above that age, so below and above that range. That doesn't apply to everyone exactly, but that's the thing I've noticed there since being there for about five years, is that the older generation, kind of like you say, it's like stuck in the ways a little bit, but what I really think it is, is they were not exposed to globalism or the internet from the time they were teenagers on. Whereas those who are 35 and under have been. And in addition to that, there's the older generation in the churches who are Christians and solid believers, but they're also coming out of a kind of a African animism. So they were, they were saved back in the 70s and 80s, and then they had the next generation of children who grew up in the churches. So there's a lot of the older generation who are still hanging on to a lot of the cultural mores and things that maybe don't align with scripture in, in every way. And so their children are coming up and saying, hey, what we're doing here doesn't align with scripture. Why are we do, still doing these things? When, especially when it comes to like weddings and, and a lot of, like this, weddings are huge uh, in, in African culture. Um, and there's a lot of kind of pushback in those areas now. So those are some of the, the primary areas where you kind of, it's harder for us, our family as a younger generation to, we have good superficial relationships with the older generation of people, but to dive deep, they don't have many deep friendships uh, in, in, with the older generation. Yeah. But we have had no issue with anybody who's like 40 and younger. It's been really good, like very open um, relationships and very willing to talk about anything, really. Yeah. And everybody in Zambia and is really open to talking about Christianity. Um, a lot of people ask about like what's the Muslim popula- population there. It's about two percent, uh, so it's it's and a lot of them, the ones that I know are I know them from like they're they're tradespeople. They're they're working in shops and things like that, and they're very kind and nice and they're very secular. I think in their Islam, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the agricultural programs. So my background is actually in molecular plant science. That's what my PhD is in. So it's not it doesn't really like it's not a lot of the practical side of things. So I really tend to focus more on the the classroom and the laboratory kind of setting. And then I'm partnering with a lot of local farmers and other agricultural businessmen. And there's a there's more faculty that we've been bringing on that are more specialized in those areas that are taking on a lot more of the practical side of like, okay, how do we raise chickens and how do we raise pigs and, and cattle and things like that, and dealing with all, like that side of things. Because I've, I've learned a lot since I've been there, but that's not my background, really. So, how much yeah. uh, uh, English speaking Zambia? Pretty much 100%. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a British colony before 1964, and so the, English is the official language. There are 72 other languages spoken. Um, and there's, yeah, a lot of the tribal languages have different dialects and things like that, but that's the official number, 72. But everybody in business and education, academia, everybody speaks English better than us, usually. <laughs> so, yeah. What do they think of the French? 
<laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. <laughs> I know it's just about out of time, but is there any other questions? They do have quite a bit of dairy, cattle, beef industry, but primarily, like their main crop is corn, maize. It's actually field corn. Yeah. So they because they their their primary staple food is called nshima, and it's kind of uh, ground up ma dried maize that's kind of it's mixed with water and salt generally and that's where they get a lot of their calories because it's cheap and readily accessible for them um, but whenever they do have meat or vegetables they they add that to their meal um, but it's usually pretty simple fare for that yeah what does zebra taste like? I don't know horse probably alright let's can I just close in a word of prayer or Jeff did you want one word two word we're Working with Garen, hmm. one of our boundless young people, sending him there this summer. So, trying to get someone there that could he could uh, discover the mission mission work there too. So we'll be in prayer for him throughout the summer as we we get ready to send him and be behind that too. So I appreciate them guys hosting him. Man, he they meet him when they visit Zambia. I mean, you'll take you four shots and twenty four hours of flying, and you know it might not be. <laughs> A direct shot. Paris is a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, uh, they mean it when they when they say uh, when they offer to host to host you. So let me pray for you guys and, and you. Uh, close this time for us. Father, I thank you. As we saw a few pictures, it's, it's helpful to see, Lord, and even to with our eyes to see a few pictures of people and places to to better connect with how we pray for them. I think about this starting tomorrow or this week, you mentioned these, these uh, students who are coming out of public schools, but just had this wonderful opportunity to teach them the redemption plan through education. So be a prayer for all those. Be a prayer for these churches who support this program, that they would be faithful and stay true to your word and protect them, Lord, as well. And pray for Ben and Abby and the girls, Lord, as they prepare to go back. And as we uplift them in prayer, we think about Gary in the summer as he goes for a couple of months that he would be uh, that he would grow that experience and that would be helpful to the ministry as well so we commit all these things to you Lord and we pray Amen Amen